Hi. Hey. This is Andy. And this is Shafali. Welcome to our podcast, As We Like It Book Reviews. We're going to talk about our favorite books and your future favorite books. We're also going to dive into our favorite tropes, favorite authors, favorite anything really, because guess what? It's our podcast. And we like books. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Welcome back to our second episode. Episode two. This is crazy. I know. This episode, we will be focusing on... Taylor Swift songs. Yep, as book recommendations. As book recommendations because, for anyone who doesn't know, Taylor Swift's album Midnight's just came out yesterday as of the day we're recording this. Yeah, so it'll be out probably a week and some days by the time you get to listen to it. Or maybe, like, you'll be listening to it in the future, like, six years from now, which is very crazy. Our voice will just be, like... Infinitely stuck in the, I know. the day after <laughs> Taylor Swift released Midnight. I know. Well... If you are here, person in six years, welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you for joining us six years too late. (laughs) Um, Oh, also, everyone, I just want to preface that I am getting over a small cold. So anytime I laugh, I will probably turn into a cough. And I'm so sorry for that. And we're going to keep every single one of them in the final cut. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. But I hope we won't. I think before we get into the Taylor Swift songs, we should talk about our current reads. Let's. Let's catch our readers up. I have a few. All right. I should ask, were they any of on the predicted list of last week? Um, no. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. You know fair. what? I did, I did say that I was going to read the one. I forget who it's by. It's by a man, I'm pretty sure. But a do boo, I know his name? A man? I, the, do a I know his man? name? I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. I read the first, I think, two chapters of the one. I just, I couldn't. I wasn't in it. I wasn't, like, engrossed. So I then instead I moved on to The Couple Next Door by Sherry Lapina. Okay. It is about a couple, obviously. They go to a dinner party at their next-door neighbor's house, and they leave their baby, who's six months old, six months old. Wow, I can't speak today. Six months old, home alone. They go and check on her every 30 minutes, but throughout the night, she ends up getting kidnapped. Oh, and it's the baby? The baby, the six-month-old baby who's been left home alone uh, while her parents go to a dinner party has been kidnapped. And so the story is trying to find her. Wow. And how are you liking so far? I finished it. Oh, you did? Long ago. I think I finished it on Monday. <laughs> oh, okay. So did you like it? Did you not like it? It was good. I think it dragged a little bit. There was lots of mini plot twists throughout the book, like... I suspected everybody stole the child at one point. <laughs> it was the butler. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, it probably would have been if there was a butler. The, I think every single person was a suspect in my head and in the book at one point. So it was crazy. Lots of plot twists, lots of things going on. Overall, pretty good. I'm like three out of five, you know. All right. Not bad. Respectable. After The Couple Next Door, I moved on to Corrupt by Penelope Douglas. It is the first Penelope Douglas book I've ever read and is the first book in the Devil's Night series. And for anyone who doesn't know, Devil's Night is the night before Halloween and it is October, like almost Halloween season. Halloween is like the week after next. So I was like, this is perfect. Spooky season. I need the spooky vibes. So I read Corrupt. It's crazy. Yeah. It is so, like, trigger warning-y. Like, I could never even pinpoint what 
to say is like triggering because the entire book is it is not for the weak of heart please do not read this book if you're not 18 or over <laughs> it is insane i i know penelope douglas i have read a few books by her and i can vouch i've never read this book but penelope douglas is definitely not an author that any reader can just she read. is not for like leave your feminism at the door all right and i feel like we should come up with the sound anytime <laughs> anytime we we there's a book we have to leave our feminism at the door we should like caca <laughs> <laughs> Caca, caca. This is the you're cacaing for the whole book with this one. From the moment this book begins, I was like, God damn. Yeah. But did you like it? I don't know. All right. Because it was just so intense and everything. So it's about the four horsemen who are M- Michael, Kai, Will, and Dame, Damon. Damon. Okay. And. It, like, flashes back and forth to, like, this one specific Devil's Night that is the reason that Kai, Will, and Damon ended up getting arrested for three years and going to jail. Mm. Michael didn't, but Erica, or Rika, as she goes by. Oh, I don't like that. I'm so sorry. I think I think in the audiobook she goes by Rika, but in my head it's Rika because Erica, Erica but yeah. I, I'm pretty sure, like, whenever I hear, like, audios of it, it's Rika, which I don't, I don't like, like. So in my head I always said Rika. She... They blame her for them getting arrested, and it's, like, this whole thing. I, like, that's such a bad way to explain it, but now they're, like, messing with her. Mm. But obviously, it's a romance book, and she's she's been, she's childhood friends with Michael, and she's, she's actually the girlfriend of Michael's younger brother, Trevor. Oh, so it's, so, it's a cheating trope as well. No, oh. because they have broken up. Okay. Wow. It's so, like, you know what? It's, I wouldn't be surprised with a cheating trope. There's definitely cheating of some kind in it i don't know there's there's something there's a sprinkle of everything and a dark romance could ever possibly need. i didn't know it was that dark mm. until after i read it it's insane so you have mixed feelings what did you out of five stars like what do you think i don't even know that's the thing is like i've never been so at a loss of like what to do i'm i'm just because like i also like it's very like very dark i think it's like i've read like darker books for but like this is like this was a whole new level for me i understand so it's gonna like take me a minute to digest if you will I what understand. i read i was the same way after my first penelope douglas but then i kind of she's like insane but also like i kind of want to read the rest of the books to see how they're going to redeem some of these characters because they're awful people mm. like genuine awful people my favorite types <laughs> yeah <laughs> like to the point where i'm just like they should have gone to jail like thank god they went to jail like they deserved it like i don't even know like one of the the, the attempted murder like oh my god like it's insane anyways next <laughs> we're moving on mm. swiftly on to something a lot lighter swiftly, i like that yeah a lot lighter a lot happier um currently at the moment i'm reading it starts with us yeah. which is the sequel to ends with us by colleen hoover both are by colleen hoover it picks up right where it ends with us leaves off so the entire book is kind of a spoiler i guess so i don't want to if you haven't read it ends with us you definitely should it's about lily who is dating this guy his name is ryle but at the same time you flash back to her life before with atlas who was this homeless boy who lived across the street from her in an abandoned house she wrote journal entries and letters about him. You learn about their relationship while also the present tense of her and Ryle's relationship. And it's really good. I genuinely really enjoyed it. It's based off of Colleen Hoover's parents' relationship. 
so it was crazy. It gave me a whole new perspective on life, I swear. But it starts with us, picks up right where the epilogue ends of it, ends with us. And so far, it's amazing. I'm like 50% through, and I'm probably going to finish it tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad for you. You know, Thanks. I think you really went through a roller coaster of emotions this, this I, week. It's been a crazy week. <laughs> <laughs> and I had midterms this week, so it was just like a lot for me to juggle. Damn, and then you managed to read three books. It I was, applaud you. I, I was impressed with myself when I like, <laughs> when I put it down, I was just like, wow, <laughs> I need a life. <laughs> oh, but, oh, you know what? <laughs> Reading is a life. I just want to let you, Shafali, and all our listeners know <laughs> our lifestyle is valid. <laughs> all right, should we uh, move on to my current reads? Of course. All right. So again, readers, I've been in a reading slump. I'm so sorry to say. But that changed this week, and I'm mm-hmm. so glad for it. So I think I started off this week by rereading old books that I've already read. So I reread Song of Achilles. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically like a re- It's not a retelling. It's like a telling of Achilles and his um, lover Patroclus. Patroclus? Patroclus. Patroclus? What? Patroclus. Are you kidding? Oh my god, I'm so ready to hold on because I've heard the audiobook. It's Patroclus. I've heard Patroclus. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> Patroclus. Patroclus. You're the only person. It's not Patroclus because there's no C-U. It's Patroclus. You're the only person in the entire world I've ever heard pronounce that. Hold on. Now I have to. Now I have to hold because now I don't know. Are you about to play the audiobook? I am. No, no, not the audiobook. Just the pronunciation on Google. Oh, but that's probably Patroclus. But does she pronounce these things wrong all the time? It's Patroclus. You're the only person I've ever heard say Patroclus. That sounds so wrong. Have you ever heard anyone actually pronounce it Patroclus? Yeah, I've heard it like through the TikTok audios and when they I've read the book. I've and... only ever heard Patroclus. It's not Patroclus. There's no C-U. I actually don't know how it's spelled, but I've only ever heard Achilles and Patroclus. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I was reading the song of Achilles, and it's basically the story between Achilles and his lover, but it's told from the perspective of I'm just going to say it by the way. I don't know. (laughs) Patroclus? Now I'm questioning. I'm questioning you. And it's (laughs) basically the story of how they they grew up together, fell in love. Uh, This is a very short synopsis, but I'm doing it for the sake of time. I'm sorry, listeners. And then it tells the story of the Trojan War, and basically it has a very tragic ending, and I always cry when I read the ending. And I felt like crying this week, so I read it. (laughs) And the ending was just as good. So. I think that's why I've never read it is because I know it's going to make me sad. Oh, it's absolutely like I I've never first been time movie. I read it. I was f- I read it at the beach and it was very <laughs> fitting. I finished it. Sand in your toes, tears on your face. No, literally. <laughs> Wind in your hair. That's that's why I that's why I chose it cuz it just felt like the right time. <laughs> A beautiful day, an awful storm of emotions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, I should I should put that on a t-shirt. You Anyways, should. basically that was one of the books I read. And then I moved on to A Court of Mist and Fury, one of my all-time favorite books. You did not reread both these full books, did you? Um, I only read re- reread parts of it during this oh, week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, that's a long book. Yeah, I know. But okay. trust me, I can devour it. Psh, 
Ain't nothing but a thing. <laughs> but yeah, so I started rereading my favorite parts of A Court of Mist and Fury, which is basically part of the Akatar series by Sarah J. Mass. It tells the story of Feyre, and she enters the world of Fey, and I don't want to get into it because it's a very long explanation because it's a very long series. Yeah, but I've never read. I started reading the second book again because it has one of my all-time favorite husbands, or book husbands, I should say, Resand. Yeah. And then finally, the main current read that I'm on is still beating by jennifer hartman uh this book is fucking insane i when i tell you i started this book literally at 11 o'clock at night and i did not put it down until i finished it which was like at 1 in the morning it's about this uh couple well they're not really a couple at the beginning i should say so it's about cora and dean and dean is her cora's sister uh Cora's fiance. Cora was the name of the daughter that got kidnapped in the couple no next door. Oh my god, that was so not planned, readers. Wow. Um, <laughs> but basically, it follows Cora and Dean. Dean is her sister's fiance. And another, another brother. Oh my god, there's so many similarities wow. here. But basically, it starts off. They're at a bar. They're celebrating. I think like her sister's birthday. Dean and her sister leave the bar, and Cora ends up getting really drunk. So she leaves the bar. She realizes that someone stole her wallet. So she doesn't have a way to get back home. So she's like, oh, man, like, how am I going to get home? I can't call an Uber or whatever. So she calls Dean. And Dean is like, oh, yeah, for sure. I'll come pick you up. No problem. So they, they, um, he comes to pick her up. Some weird guy starts following them. And basically, he ends up kidnapping both of them. Whoa. They spend three weeks in like this killer's basement or whatever oh my god they're forced to do depraved acts to each other i should say trigger warnings (laughs) but basically the book kind of follows the aftermath of them being kidnapped and they oh the aftermath i didn't know that so i thought it was just them being no a small part like maybe i want to say like 20 percent of the book is them being kidnapped and the rest isn't the rest is like the aftermath really yeah 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 i thought the whole thing was basically them being kidnapped. no no it's so good i highly recommend i will probably mention it in a future episode when maybe we talk about dark romance you might have picked my next reading yeah honestly i'm intrigued go ahead dive in shafali october is the month of dark like murdery yeah dark romances mystery thrillery romance yeah that was my current reads of the week oh yeah yeah um so should we dive into taylor swift songs as book recommendations the title of this episode I think, at least i hope who knows what our title <laughs> yes <laughs> i think we should and i'd love for you to go first all right just because your name is at the top <laughs> okay <laughs> um for those who cannot see shafali and i have notes <laughs> We always have notes, and Andy's notes are always exponentially better than mine. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I just think that I have a lot of anxiety, and I (laughs) over-prepare. I under-prepare. I did did half of these notes five minutes before we got to the studio. And you know what? That's equally valid, I will say. I appreciate that. You work best under, like, pressure. Under pressure, Yeah. yeah. Procrastination is my middle name. There you go. All right, so I'll start off. My first book is called Sweet Filthy Boy by Christina Lauren. And the Christina Lauren or like which Christina Lauren? Like Christina Lauren as in the singular author. Like the one from like the Unhoneymoon is Christina Lauren? Yeah. No. <laughs> she yeah. has a book called whatever. <laughs> Sweet Filthy Boy. It's actually part of a series. I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also not a singular author. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> 
<laughs> Christina Lord is two people. No, she's not. She totally is. Are you kidding? No. For anyone who cannot tell, my jaw <laughs> is on the floor right now. I am shocked right now. Christine. You also spelled Christina wrong. I'm so sorry for that. I was doing it very fast. Christina and Lauren are two separate people, but they match their names together to be Christina Lauren. No way. Book All fun right. fact of the day. Yeah. Every day is a school day, everyone. Even on a Saturday. Yep. <laughs> so anyways, I chose this book to go along with the Taylor Swift song of Cruel Summer. And I will explain why after I read the official synopsis. The official synopsis is, one night stands are supposed to be with someone convenient or wickedly persuasive or regrettable. They aren't supposed to be with someone like him. But after a crazy Vegas weekend celebrating her college graduation and terrified of the future past she knows is a cop-out, Mia Holland makes the wildest decision of her life. Follow Ansel, French last name, I cannot (laughs) say that, her sweet, filthy fling to France for the summer and just play. When feelings begin to develop behind the provocative roles they take on and their temporary masquerade adventures begin to feel real, Mia will have to decide if she belongs in the life she left because it was all wrong or in the strange new one that seems worlds away. So, for anyone who probably, I don't know, maybe dozed off, wasn't paying attention to that synopsis, it basically... This story follows this girl, Mia. She and two of her other friends go to Vegas. And they're like, yeah, I just want to, like, blow off some steam before I, like, have to decide, like, my next career path. And they meet a Frenchman, a Canadian, and an Australian. So this this book is part of a series. So each friend will match off with another one of the boys. So in this case, Mia, she matches off with the Frenchman. And his name is Ansel. I'm not the biggest fan of his name, but you know like what? Ansel Elgort? Yeah. Damn. I just think he's An- a bad person, though, I hear. So. I, I also heard like minor vibes. But, anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons why I don't like the name. He is basically, he's like this very sexy Frenchman. He's like, come over here, come hither. And <laughs> um, uh, basically, they end up getting super drunk and they get married in Vegas. And Iconic. I know it's it's crazy, and then when they when they wake up, they're like, "Oh shit, we're married." But the thing is, they're Ansel Ansel kind of likes it, and he's like, "Oh, uh, you're my wife," sort of thing. And why she's is like, this literally a trope in Friends? No, no, literally. But I don't think he tries to. He doesn't keep it a secret from oh, her. Okay. He's just like, "Oh yeah, we're married." Like, what's wrong with that sort of thing? <laughs> And she's like, well, maybe because we just met last night. Like, maybe that tips me off. Yeah. I don't know. Married at first sight to the next level. Yeah. And then they just decide. He she was, he was like, yeah, like, I wouldn't mind staying married, to be honest. And she's like, I have to think about it. And he's like, okay, well, here's a plane ticket to France. I'm going back. If you want to come, just come for the summer. And we'll just have, like, a bunch of sex. And have, like, a bunch of fun. And Does I think, he say it exactly like that? No, no. He's, okay. Ansel's very much a romantic man. And Mia's not. Mia's kind of like me, I think. Um, where I just, <laughs> I think I'm very, like, blunt. And, get away from me. Yeah. So, I don't think she was saying exactly get away from me. But she was still like, guy, we just met. Like, yeah, hold no. on. She ends up deciding, like, actually, I will go on this summer and just go live with this guy that I don't really know. And before I have to start, like, my boring job. Exactly. That, and then they have a summer in Paris. 
things go really right, things go really wrong, and I don't want to say anything. The tropes involved are obviously married at first sight, summer romance, they see each other from across the room, they have an instant attraction to each other. There's also secrets kept between them, and there's also role-playing for anyone who likes that in the spiciness scenes. But basically, uh, how this relates to Cruel Summer is that and it's new, the shape of your body, it's <laughs> blue. So I chose that lyric because the shape of your body, these people have sex a lot in this book. <laughs> um, Shivali, I think you've read Christina Lauren, like, like usually she does like really like rom-com-esque like books. Yeah, I would say like one scene max. Yeah, no, there's multiple, a lot of scenes wow. in this book. And again, there's a lot of role playing. I don't know if I'm necessarily into that, but hey, if that's your thing, I'm not here to judge. Okay, wait, is it like like in the like a series where they do like alien role play? No, absolutely not. Okay, it's more like, it's, like weird. it's more like maid and like boss and like I think there's like oh. a like assistant in an office sort of scene. Like oh. it's just like like they have they create fantasies like okay yeah yeah okay that's what i mean by role playing okay where was i oh yeah i'm drunk in the back of the car (laughs) (laughs) another uh, another lyric is when taylor writes i'm drunk in the back of the car and i cried like a baby coming home from the bar i would like to point out the very obvious that they got married while they were very inebriated so i thought that was the perfect lyric to go along with this another lyric is i don't want to keep secrets just to keep you He is keeping a massive secret from her, but I won't say what it is. But it does cause an 80% breakup, which I know you're not the biggest fan of. I hate the 80% breakup. But listen, it's a rom-com, you know? You gotta expect it. I I know. I also... I hate it. I love it because this man grovels. And I love to see men in pain. (laughs) And then finally, I think the last lyric that relates to this book is I love you, ain't that the worst thing you ever heard? He, he looks, looks up, up. grinning. Exactly. No, please continue. He looks up, grinning like a devil. Yeah. <laughs> Even though this is supposed to be a summer fling and they're both throughout the entire book being like, oh, well, this is this is temporary, right? They obviously do fall in love for each other and they develop real feelings. So I think that's a lyric that's very, I don't know, apt for this book. <laughs> What I like about this book is the setting of the book. I don't really read a lot of books that are like set in like Paris and stuff. And you get to see her as an American like moving through the the city and everyone's really mean to her because she can't speak French. Um, I love Paris and nobody judged me for not knowing French. Really? Yeah. I heard that's, I don't know, maybe it's just a stereotype that Christina Lauren wrote. I think it's a stereotype, but also like I think just like everyone expects everyone to know English now. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody expected me to know French. Well, if it makes you feel better, she does eventually end up picking a few. Learn French. Yeah, and it's so cute because, like, in the morning, like, when he leaves to work and stuff, he'll write down, like, a few little French phrases for her to say. Mm-hmm. And there's always, like, like you have, like, the best, like, lips or something. Like, something really romantic um, yeah. that he writes down, too. So he'll be like, where's the library? Or, like, where's the train station? And it's like, obvious, like you were so good in bed last night or something <laughs> like that. Um, very cute stuff. He's also a big part of why I love this book. And so he is a very soft boy, and he will do anything for the main character, Mia, 
which mm. is what I need in a man. Mm. I I would give this book a four out of five stars. So for anyone who is looking for a light, fun Parisian summer getaway, I think this is your book. Lovely. Yeah. So my first book is Archer's Voice. And if you mm. listened to last week's podcast, you know that Archer's Voice, I actually think both the books I chose are five stars. Okay. I think I mentioned both of them last week as an honorable mention. I think you did. Yeah, yeah. I love them both to the depths of my core. I will read you the synopsis of Archer's voice because I got it. Okay. (laughs) I pulled it up. So, when Brie Prescott arrives in the sleepy lakeside town of Pel... Okay. I don't know how to pronounce this city. So if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I don't care. <laughs> okay. I think <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> I think it's Pelion. Pelion. I don't know. Whatever. It's in Maine. She hopes against hope that this is the place she will finally find the peace she so desperately seeks. On her first day there, her life collides with Archer Hale, an isolated man who holds a secret agony of his own. A man no one else sees. Okay, the rest of the synopsis is kind of stupid. But basically... <laughs> Brie has a super traumatic, tragic past, and something really bad happens to her, so she ends up moving away to this town in Maine, and she meets Archer on, like, a whim one night, because I think she drops, like, a box of tampons at, like, the convenience store, and then he, like, picks them up for her, but he doesn't say anything, and she's, like, word vomiting, like, all these things, and then she's like, I'm so sorry, like, I promise, like, because it was, like, tampons and chocolate, and she's like, I promise, like, I'm not always like this. She's so real for that. (laughs) Like, tampons and chocolate. Yeah, no, literally, but he doesn't say anything to her, and then he leaves, and she was like, what the heck? I'm intrigued by this man, right? She then learns that it's Archer Hale, and he can't speak. Wow, he's so real for that, too. <laughs> a woman who loves chocolate and a man that can't speak, sign me up. <laughs> he, um, his voice box is got removed after an accident of his own. Oh, so he legitimately can't he speak. He legitimately cannot speak. I thought speak. he was, like, traumatized. No, 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 He his voice box was removed. Like, he can't speak. I also didn't know that um, until reading the book. So his family actually owns the town, so it's, like, a whole thing. But anyways, that's, like, the basic, basic plot summary of it. So I chose the song You Are In Love by Taylor Swift, obviously. It's from the album 1989. Baby, I can build a castle. This that's, is not the song. That's that, so not the song. I, I was know. about to say, are you trying to sing no, it? No, no, I just, I associate new romantics with 1989. I just, oh, yeah. it just sounds the most 1980 song. Oh, 100%. 1989 song to me. Yeah. So the first lyric I pulled out was, And your shoulders brush, no proof one touch, but you felt enough. So... When they first met, obviously, as we discussed, Brie drops her tampons and her chocolate. Imagine it's not tampons and chocolate. I'm just saying this, but I'm pretty sure it is. I think the police is going to come after you if you don't get this right. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what? <laughs> because in the store, his cousin is a policeman. So I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, that makes no sense. Okay, but um, so your soldier's brush, no proof, one touch. She felt enough. So when Brie meets Archer for the first time, Instantly, she's like, there's something about this guy and goes around and asks the entire town after not speaking to him, not looking at him. She literally brushes his hand as he's handing her a handful of tampons back because she dropped them on the ground. And so 
you know, you felt enough. Yeah. To spend the next week trying to figure out who this guy was. And the whole town thinks he's, like, a little off. Because Did the whole town think that she was a little off for, like, no, asking about a guy that she's met once? I don't think so because everyone thinks he is a little off. So she, they probably thought that she also just wanted to know what, what was up with him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, obviously, throughout the book, they're proven a little wrong, I guess. So the next one is, you keep a shirt, he keeps his word, and for once you let go of your fears and your ghosts. Both of them have such tragic, like, backstories and lives and, like, how they got to where they are. Also, I didn't say this before, but I will say it now. So Archer actually taught himself sign language because he can't speak. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was... He literally taught himself to talk to no one. And there's a quote in the book that's like, it's at this moment that I realized that Archer Hale taught himself an entire language and had nobody to talk to. No. Who am I supposed <laughs> to talk to? Another so, Taylor Swift song, sorry. So Bree's dad was actually deaf, so she knew sign language. So I think that's also part of why she was drawn to him is she thought he was deaf because okay. he never responded to her. Because he couldn't. That's how they, like, establish a friendship is she asks him if she wants, if she wants him to teach him sign language. I don't know if I word that correctly, but yeah. So anyways, back to the lyric. They both have such bad past. Brie with her family, Archer, and his family being entirely against him. There's this whole really twisted story of how his family, like, owns the town and his cousin's, like, the police officer, and his aunt, like, tells everyone that he's a freak. So, um, with each other, they kind of, like, let go of that, and they learn to work through that and, like, be together and stuff. So, yeah. it's so sweet. So, the next one, lyric, I really thought related to is, and and why I've spent my whole life trying to put it into words, which kind of goes back to the whole Archer taught himself an entire language to talk to no one, and he spent his entire life trying to figure out his feelings because he's like isolated like intensely isolated like he does not talk to anybody obviously because he can't but like (laughs) he can't talk at all yeah but he nobody wants to even attempt to be around him so he everything so he's kind of like a like a monster no one wants no literally like nobody wants to be around him everyone thinks he's like this freak of like because he won't speak because i don't I'm pretty sure they don't know that he literally can't. Okay. I think they just. So it's not like a like a well known fact. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't remember, but I'm. It could be. I don't know. But like, just no one makes any effort with him. Yeah. But he also doesn't make any effort either. But he spent all of this time alone trying to figure out all of his feelings and how he felt and how he's like, I'm always going to be alone. I'm going to be alone forever. And so when finally. They are together. It's why I spent my whole life trying to put it into words. Is like he finally understands. Like this is what like life is supposed to be. Yeah, because he found Bree. Yeah. <laughs> so then the another one is you can hear it in the silence. You can feel it on the way home. You can see it with the lights out. You are in love, true love. So you can feel it in the silence. The biggest silence. biggest thing was you can hear it in the silence because obviously there's they're constantly in silence yeah. together and they're just there and in silence and you can like they can feel how much they love each other through the silence. And also the line, you can feel it on the way home, Archer doesn't want to drive. Again, he's so isolated and also... He doesn't know how to drive? He doesn't... No one ever taught him. 
He doesn't have anyone. He's alone. Oh. He also got into a really bad accident. Obviously, that's part of his tragic backstory. Please tell me that the he's main scared character. of cars. So he teaches. She teaches him yeah. how to drive. Okay. So you can feel it on the way home. So I saw that was really cute. Huh. But mainly, you can hear it in the silence is the biggest one, and then yeah, you can see it with the lights out. You're in love. It's so cute. And then the last lyric I pulled out solely for the fact that I think this whole lyric encompasses just Archer as a person. Like, no specific scene in general. I think this just line, I was just like, this is Archer. One night he wakes up, strange look on his face, pauses, then says, you're my best friend, and you knew what it was. He is in love. Mm -hmm. And, like, they spend so much time just, like, being there together. Like, laying there. Like, talking, like, sign language and just, like, being with each other. Because they can't, like, sit there and, like fill their lives with empty like empty conversations yeah. and stuff so everything like matters to them and it's just oh, it's so cute you need to read it <laughs> All right. i i will say listeners i tr- i tried reading this book when i at the beginnings of when i had covid and i think i was just so like consumed with having covid that i was like reading like the first like couple chapters and i was like jesus christ it's so i can and i i imagine like it wasn't bad because i think i only got to the part where they where they met that's nothing compared to where the book goes i know but i i'm sorry i had covid and i was just i was not feeling it so i had to dnf but i'm sure i will return to it at one point it's so good i don't even know if i've accurately explained my quotes very well i i think you did an amazing job thanks (laughs) okay you're up. <laughs> the next book I chose is A Love Letter to Whiskey by Candy Steiner. And the Taylor Swift song that I chose to go along with it is The Way I Loved You by on her Fearless album. The synopsis is, it's crazy how fast the buzz comes back after you've been sober for so long. Whiskey stood there on my doorstep just like he had one year before. Except this time there is no rain, no anger, no wedding invitation. It was just us. It was just him, the old friend, the easy smile, the twisted solace wrapped in a glittering bottle. It was just me, the alcoholic, pretending that I didn't want to taste him, realizing too quickly that the months of being clean didn't make me crave him any less. But you can't start here. No, to tell this story right, we need to go back, back to the beginning, back to the very first drop. This is my love letter to Whiskey. I only hope he reads it. I realize that that synopsis does not give a lot away. So I, yeah, so I will. I hope his name is Whiskey too. It's not. Damn. (laughs) I will uh, fill in the blanks for y'all. So basically it follows this girl. Her name, I think is like B or something. I think that's her nickname. Um, And she had, it kind of like the story follows this couple from like high school to like full adulthood. Hmm. So they meet in high school. Like a normal people kind of thing. Yeah. Definitely. So they meet in high school and um, he kind of like moves into town. But when they meet, it's not her that he's like instantly attracted to or at least that's what she thinks. Mm. Um, He starts dating like her best friend. And so there's definitely like a cheating trope. There's definitely like. um, Oh, yeah. But I I think the lines get a little blurred, but I won't say why. But basically it follows them. Um, going from high school to college once they're in college she kind of gets like her own boyfriend and he suddenly isn't dating her best friend anymore so then Mm. he's like oh well can we like can we start something and she's like well i have a boyfriend so i don't know and then 
this is where like the, another cheating trope comes oh, in and then again they go through adulthood they all they kind of like shift through like different partners i don't know if you've ever seen the movie um love rosie i think it's called with sam Claflin and um lily collins but basically it's kind of always like a missed opportunity romance and even though these people are like crazy over each right other right person wrong time yeah right person wrong time that's definitely the trope here and it kind of goes through like years like it, when one is open another's not or like Damn. when they're both open one is like oh i'm scared right now like i can't do it i'm scared <laughs> so but when i tell you the emotions that this book took me on is crazy it is so long I think on Kindle Unlimited, it was, like, a thousand pages, but it was worth every single, like, every time, like, they broke up, or every time they were, like, I'm not ready for this, I was, like, yes, <laughs> give me the tension, because, like, I love seeing them, like, jealous, or I love seeing them, like, in heartbreak, which yeah. I, I realize is not a normal thing. No, I... For- I understand. Yeah, but the reason why I chose the Taylor Swift song of The Way I Loved You is because I think this this like song is like about a passionate relationship that you know isn't good for you and even though you may have a partner that's like quote unquote better for you, mm-hmm. you're still thinking about this person that gave you like such passionate feelings. Mm-hmm. So he is sensible and so incredible. Again, there are multiple instances where they're with partners that are better for them like emotionally just more stable but they're still thinking about that person that they left mm-hmm. another lyric i miss screaming and fight basically like the whole chorus <laughs> i miss screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain and it's 2 a.m and i'm cursing your name 2 a.m in specific because the main character his name is jamie well like let's say like when he was dating her best friend or whatever like he would be like hey like you up yeah basically (laughs) and then they would go on these like midnight drives to like the beach and in high school Mm -hmm. if i left the house after 9 p.m in high school my mom would be like where do you think you're going i just don't think parents exist in romance i don't think they exist ever in media exactly they're just like my parents would be like where are you going who are you going with why are you going what's the reason are you sure you shouldn't stay home talk about life boy like ugh. I'm never i don't know so in love that you act insane and that's the way i loved you breaking down and coming undone it's a roller coaster kind of rush i never knew i could feel that much and, and that's, that's the, way. the way i loved you i'll just let you finish it yeah sorry, sorry. <laughs> i was getting into it no i understand it's taylor i yeah. can't fault you for that Thank but basically you. this relationship is so tumultuous um and just like like there would be instances like let's say like she she was getting ready to marry someone else and he was like no the fuck you're not you're not getting married because like i still love you sort of thing it was definitely my cup of tea he can't see the smile i'm faking and my heart's not breaking that's another lyric um so again with the sensible partners i think like her sensible partner he was he was like content to know that she was with him and stuff but then, like, her, his fiance, for instance, like, she knew that there was still something between Jamie and B. So mm-hmm. she so she was definitely, she could see the smile that he was faking. And I thought that was kind of a cool twist to put on the lyric. Because, mm-hmm. like, men are so, like, I don't know, like, not observant of that. But then, like, women, like, we know, like, mm-hmm. when men are, like, in love with someone else. Yeah. And then, I think... The final lyric is got away by some mistake. 
Um, I think there's just so many instances where they could have ended, like, years of torment. But the main character, B, she was so scared because, like, there's so many instances, like, where he broke her heart or um, she broke his heart that she was like, I need to stop this, like, mm-hmm. like this, like, spiral. Cycle. Yeah, this cycle and its tracks, you know? Mm-hmm. So can I ask a question? Yeah. So throughout this book, I assume she becomes an alcoholic. No, okay, so I'll explain. Oh. <laughs> so a love letter to whiskey, it's a, it's a metaphor. I think it's a metaphor for his eyes because um, oh. he has, like, really brown eyes. So whenever she sees him, like, she's obviously seeing his eyes. So yes. she's like, you're, like, you're whiskey, and I'm, like, an alcoholic. Like, I want to keep, like, consuming you, you know? So, she, like, he, oh. basically, he's the metaphor of whiskey, and then she's the metaphorical alcoholic because she just keeps going back for more. Wait, that's kind of fun, but also I'm kind of disappointed by that. Yeah, no. He, his name is not Whiskey. I like it and hate <laughs> it. is not because, an alcoholic. Because I think the idea of, like, a love letter to whiskey and then having the person be an alcoholic is, like, actually, like, cool. Yeah, I think that is sense. cool. But the fact that it's a metaphor kind of disappoints me. Because, yeah, like, I really was like, oh, a love letter whiskey must be about an alcoholic just because it has to be. Yeah. No, and then the chapters are, like, like references to, like, how you distill whiskey and stuff. Like, I think those are, like, oh, um, either the chapter names or, like, you know how sometimes a chapter will start off with, like, a quote or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. So, like, it'll always be a reference to whiskey in some way. Interesting. Which is basically, like, the author saying, like, her attachment to Jamie. Yeah. Wow. This very book cool. was one of my, like, five out of five star reads over the summer. I still cannot get over it. And it's available on Kindle Unlimited for anyone wow. who wants to go read. Might have to now. Yeah. All right. You're up. Moving on to me again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Last but not least. So, my last one, as I said, it's another five-star read, another one I mentioned in my honorable mentions last week, is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo as the lucky one from Red. I really think the entire song, just like the vibe, encompasses Evelyn Hugo. I also believe that too. Um, I will read the synopsis, even though it's not fantastic. I will read. Aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. But when she chooses an unknown magazine reporter, Monique Grant, for the job, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. Why her? Why now? Monique is not exactly on on top of the world. Her husband has left her and her professional life is going nowhere. Regardless of why Evelyn has selected her to write her biography, Monique is determined to use the opportunity to jumpstart her career. Summoned to Evelyn's luxurious apartment, Monique listens in fascination as the actress tells her story from making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s to her decision to leave show business in the 80s, and of course, the seven husbands along the way. Evelyn unspools the tale of ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship, and a great forbidden love. Monique begins to feel very real connection to the legendary star, but as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tragic and irreversible ways. So, I don't love the synopsis solely for the fact that it focuses a it lot on Monique. Very much focuses on Monique, who's in the book for I think less than ten percent of it. Yeah. The book is very much entirely about Evelyn's life, not about Monique. Yeah. Yes, there's, like, a whole thing about why she chose Monique as, like, the the writer, but it doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, it like it, it 
brings no value to the story. I think there is, like, There's at the very end. There's value in why, yeah. But, yeah. like, in the sense of, like, the grand scheme of, like, the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, like, I understand, like, but I feel like they made her out to be a bigger role than she was because, mm. m- like, the bulk of this book is about Evelyn. I do understand, like, why she's important. Obviously, she is very important. She's, like... Well, maybe the author wrote it so, like, the reader could go in and expect to read Monique's story, but then they, as they actually, like, read on, like... Because there is a big plot twist at the end with Monique, obviously, and, like, a big connection, and, like, there is a reason why it is her, but... um, Anyways, I digress into my lyrical synopsis, my lyrical analysis, Mm. not synopsis, my lyrical analysis... So, the song opens with the lines, New to town with a made-up name in the angel city chasing fortune and fame, and the camera's flash, the camera flashes make it look like a dream. So, the beginning of the book, Evelyn marries Ernie Diaz just so she can move to L.A. and uh, start her a career. A girl boss. Yes. Um, an ambitious queen moves to L.A. and just so she can kickstart her career. So... In the Angels, Chasing Fortune and Fame, she starts seducing these producers, sleeping with random men, and then divorces Ernie so that she can start dating Hollywood actors to skyrocket her name. Yeah. Which, you know, icon behavior. (laughs) (laughs) She probably's like, I want to be that when I'm older. I want to be Evelyn Hugo. Okay. Obviously, there's this thing in Hollywood. You have to look good. Yeah. You can't be ugly. Especially in, like, when, like, what, the 50s? In the 80s. Okay, from the 50s to leaving the business in the 80s, my bad. From the 50s to 80s, when she's famous. You have to look the part. So, the lyrics, you had to figure it out since you were in school. Everybody loves pretty. Everybody loves cool. So, overnight, you look like a 60s queen. In Hollywood, it's all about the way you look. So, she literally changes her appearance she makes her hair blonde she becomes the ideal american woman i think she's supposed to be like she's cuban Cuban. she's cuban yeah so she like turns herself into this ideal american so that more people will hire her because everybody loves pretty everybody loves cool (laughs) according to the lyrics so now did you write that yeah (laughs) i am actually taylor swift i didn't want to tell you you've never seen us in the same room (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now that I think about it, you're right. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. Um, so the next lyric is, and they tell you that you're lucky, but you're so confused because you don't feel pretty, you just feel used. I kind of attributed this lyric to one of the husbands, which is Don Adler. He was like the it Hollywood guy, mm. and she was like the it Hollywood girl, so they got married. He was obviously the worst, as they all are. but Just men. In general, yeah. They all suck. But they were, like, the it couple. And they were supposed to be, like, so attractive and everyone loved them. And, like, they were, like, starring in movies. And I think his parents had, like, a company. I'm not... I don't remember 100%. But, like, you don't feel pretty. You just feel used. He used her for her fame. They used each other, I think, to get ahead. So... I think that really, like, works. And also, there are, like, definitely other instances where people use her. Oh, 100%. Throughout the entire book, I think just because, like, you don't feel like you're so confused because you don't feel pretty, you just feel used is kind of, I think it's, it's definitely not the first time, but it's one of, like, the more, like, prominent times. And I also think that Evelyn understood that. She's like, 
beauty is what yeah. I have. Yeah. So if people are going to use me for it, I'm just going to use them back and yeah. like for my own advantage. I think there is like vi- mentioned very many times like I was pretty, so that's how I got ahead. Yeah. So then the next lyric I have is all the young things lined up to take your place and in walks Miss Celia St. James. That is not part of the lyric. <laughs> oh, I wasn't saying it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were editing Miss yeah. Swiss words. I, I'm, I'm taking creative liberties here. <laughs> so, in walks Celia. She's this new, young, redheaded, beautiful actress who gets the part over Evelyn. Gets what part? I'm pretty sure it's the part in Little Women. Yeah, yeah. All the young things line up to take your place is now that Evelyn's, like, kind of getting older, she's kind of fading out, and less and less producers are like, we want you, we want you to do this. You're this new, young, and beautiful thing. Now there's, in walks in, a new, newer, and younger person to take her place. And the sad part is, like, she's Evelyn like, wasn't that even that she old. She was, like, I think, like, in her 20s yeah. still. Yeah, and then already she was getting replaced, which yeah. is sus. But whatever. So that was rough. So this one's like kind of like not the, that intense, but and your lover in the foyer doesn't even know you. I kind of attributed to obviously if you don't know Celia and Evelyn do have like an ongoing romance throughout the book. Mm. So your lover in the foyer doesn't even know you. I kind of attributed to the fact that they had to pretend like they weren't really together. Yeah, they had couldn't really acknowledge each other's existence. And then, and your secrets end up splashed on the news front page. Very much resonated with when her and Harry pretended to, like, make out in the back of the car to, like, get press. Mm. And it ended up on the front page because everything Evelyn did ever. Ever. Yeah, I want to say she was like the Marilyn Monroe. Equivalent. She, I think, I think so. Yeah, she like everything she did ended up on the cover of the front page. And I think like going back to like the first part of the lyric, the lover in the four years doesn't even know you. I think there was a quote in the book that was like the quote. About, I was yeah, yeah. I spent half my life loving Celia St. James, and I spent the other half pretending that I didn't love. Yeah, her. yeah. So I thought like that also was like a quote that can go along with it. And yeah. Stuff. And also it's kind of sad because like it's just like wasted time and. It really was, and pff, on to my next lyric. Yeah, go ahead. It was a few years later, I showed up here, and I still tell the legend of how you disappeared, how you took the money and your dignity and got the hell out. So this is very much like, in the 80s, Evelyn vanished from mm. Hollywood. She was like, I'm packing up myself, I'm taking my family, and I'm moving far, far away. I'm taking my money, I'm taking my loved ones, and I'm disappearing. That's kind of where this interview picks up, is... Now it's years later, and nobody knows anything about Evelyn. She's just, like, this enigma. Yeah. And she's selling this dress, and everybody wants this exclusive interview with her. And it's obviously Monique who gets it. The green or the emerald dress. The emerald dress from the cover of the book. If you've seen the cover, it's so pretty. If you haven't seen the cover, I highly recommend looking it up. And now that I think about it, it's kind. Of, I think the author kind of modeled it after... Um, audrey hepburn because like i i think it was a little bit of all of yeah there's one actress who had like a bunch of husbands oh oh i know who you're talking about elizabeth elizabeth taylor yeah i think i think it's kind of like a cross between all of those like if it's like 1950s to 80s like stars like hollywood like like the pinnacle of like old hollywood yeah for sure type of like vibe it's such a like beautiful aesthetic yeah and i will also say like 
this is like a really like i don't know i was reading it when when i was reading it i think it was last year and i was just like this feels like like a real story you know like it's not like a regular romance it's less of a romance and more of like a fiction story but there is like the romance like really drives the plot yeah i think i think it's still like i to me it still felt like a romance because like her Mm -hmm. and celia like even though there would be like years where they would like be off like if you find yourself kissing the tv don't chip your tooth exactly so i was like the years where they were on it was like they they felt like a real couple to me you know and they were a real couple but yeah i just i remember reading this book and was just like damn so much wasted time and for what i know i think that's like kind of the moral of the end of it though for her that's why she left that's why you took um you they i a few years later i showed up here whatever you took the money got the hell out that was such a bad lever but like that was the point she, i think she realized like i've wasted all this time being unhappy with all of these men to like save my reputation when really i could be with the love of my life yeah because it, it does take place over such a long period of time isn't there that quote that's like like they always ask me about my i'm thinking i'm paraphrasing like mm-hmm. majorly oh but, yeah all the quotes are like off the top of my head none yeah. of them are like accurate i think there's a quote that's like like they always ask me about my husbands but they never ask me about my wife or something like that it's they always ask me about my husbands they never ask me about like the love of my life or something like that yes it was along those lines and i was I like so true besties so true i'm like we're always like let's be fair she didn't come out explicitly she did explicitly come out, by the way. Oh, she did? Yeah. Okay. Well, she, I think she did to Monique, because I am reading a quote that says, Evelyn, who is your great love? You can tell me. And she said, Celia St. James. Mm. So I think the quote was, they always ask me about my husband, but they never ask me about my great love or something like that. I don't know. I can't find it. That's the end. Uh, should we talk about what books we're predicting we're reading next? I'm... I'm pretty into the one that you just finished still, oh, still beating, beating? Yeah. i don't know i'm kind of hooked, hooked on your recommendation of that that one or the perfect marriage also seemed really good and i saw a tiktok that was like a fan cast and they fan casted the husband and the wife as ryan reynolds and blake lively and i was like oh i don't think i've heard of it it's i think it's it's like a mystery book and i'm pretty sure the guy is cheating on his wife with her sister Ooh. and the sister is like dead <laughs> the sister dead <laughs> yeah gone i could totally be wrong yeah but um yeah i think my next book is i really like the way that the like the author wrote and still beating i would like to say that i read that book like last night um <laughs> so i will th- there's a high possibility i'm just gonna go on an author binge because i like that. the way the author writes so i think i'm gonna go with another book by the same author jennifer hartman it's either going to be Lotus, which is like... Okay, I was just going to say, I also think I might... If I don't read Still Beating, I'm going to read Lotus. Yeah, so Lotus is kind of... In, in like, Still Beating, there's, like, a reference of Yeah, that's person. why, because I want... I really want to read Lotus. I want to buy Lotus, because yeah. I know I'm going to like it. Like, Lotus is kind of, like, it's referenced in Still Beating, and it's about this guy who's... Gets kidnapped, yeah. Who gets kidnapped, but it's not by the same kidnapper that Mm-mm. kidnapped the couple in the first book. Then he falls in book. love with his neighbor. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of, like, it's... I don't th- I wouldn't call it a sequel, but it's definitely, like, in they the universe. They don't really interconnect at all. Yeah, yeah. Other than the one So, line. I'm thinking about reading that, or I'm thinking about reading this other book by the same author called June 1st. I've um, actually never heard of that one. 
Yeah, I don't know what it is either. I just know that it's kind of like the same author. So that's all I'm going to... Exactly. That's all I really need. Cause no, yeah. I really... Lotus is on like my... Within the next five books, I'm probably going to read it. Yeah, I think that's my next target. We'll see if I stick to it because at the end of the day, I am not beholden I'm a feelings reader. Exactly. You know the drill. Exactly. But yeah. I hope you've enjoyed our Taylor Swift recommendations slash current reads slash predicted reads. Also, so side note, but it's like while we're recording this, it's parents weekend at our school and every five minutes a new parent is walking by looking into the studio and it's so funny. I think if they knew what we were recording, they would be like... They'd be like, oh. (laughs) They'd be like, I'm gonna go. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I love educating the youths. Love it. And the adults. And the adults. (laughs) We don't want to be ageist here. Never. But yeah, Shafali, pleasure. Always.